The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Ger Herbert is with me, a motoring editor with the Sunday Independent. Ger, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Buying a used car is one that is somewhat fraught. Uh, back in the day, you kick the tyres, you check that the doors close with a clunk and start the car and if it hums prettily, off you go. That's it. Well, now we know that um, used cars are very expensive at the moment. Even uh, the latest report from Dundee say that they've the prices have risen twenty seven and a half percent or seventy seven and a half percent since the pandemic. So it's really, really important that you get you know value for your money. Now I think now, f- is that all because of a shortage of supply? I mean, we had Brexit kind of coinciding mm. with the pandemic, and uh, the the British imports went dramatically mm. down. Yeah, it's a combination of obviously the supply shortage new cars, they're taking longer to come in so people are opting to buy a used car instead. Obviously Brexit is having a huge impact and um, used car imports are down 53% and in fact they're severely down from the UK. We're supplementing with them from you know, Japanese imports. Also, new car prices have gone up. There's been two VRT increases since the pandemic. So once new car prices go up, second-hand prices go up. Okay. So it's a combination of all of those things. But it's mainly down to, I'd say, the imports are having a huge impact on certain sectors of the market, particularly, the, the you know, the bottom end of the market, because it's just not viable anymore to bring in a car. There are people doing it, but you don't get the value you used to. Okay, now, uh, you can buy from a dealer, you can buy from a private seller, you can buy from an auction house. Mm -hmm. So talk me through the hazards of each, say a dealer. Yeah, I think if you're looking at the three of them, this your safest option is a dealer. You'll pay slightly more probably than the other two. But the thing about it is, Pat, you have uh, consumer protection. Now, by consumer protection, it means the car must be of merchantable quality. That means it must be a reasonable car given the price of it and the age of it. And the second thing, it has to be fit for purpose. So, you know, it has to be roadworthy. And the third thing, it is it has to be as described. So if you read the advert and it gives you the kilometres that are supposed to be on it, uh, you know, various extras that are in it, it has to be like that. And if it's not, you do you know, as I said, you're you're covered under consumer law. Now, now, so there's there'd be some reassurance if they were a member of the Society of the Irish Motor Industry in Ireland. That's the, a further uh, reassurance. Uh, so you S-I-M-I. can go to them as well. You can complain if you have been, you know, given a shoddy deal by a dealer and they're a member of the um, SIMI. You can contact them. They have their own uh, service as well. So you have lots of various different ways that you can, you know, you can kind of cover yourself and reassure yourself. If you're buying privately, though, it's a whole different story. Well, let's go through the dealer, first of all, (laughs) and what the dealer must give you when you buy. Okay, so when you're, first of all, um, right, hold on, I have a list of things here that I've just missed. Uh, The the first thing would be the vehicle registration certificate. That is basically the key document. Yeah, absolutely. The car's history, the service check, the manual, two sets of keys, a signed receipt. You have all of these things, right? So you expect to get all of these things. You would also expect to get a warranty on a used car. Now, whether it's three months, six months or 12 months would really depend on how much money you're spending and what sort of car you're getting. But you will get those that reassurance. And these are all of things that, you know, you do want to walk away oh, with. OK, and you need it written down, I presume. Now, if you've got a portion of the manufacturer's warranty, and often like with those uh, Korean cars, you might get a seven-year warranty, Um, but it doesn't cover every single thing. No, warranties don't cover wear and tear. They cover the big things like the engine, the steering, the suspension, the things like that. But normal things that are going to go wear and tear are not going to be covered by a warranty. But I mean, a warranty is still, as you say, if you're buying a relatively new car, a three or four year old car, you can benefit from the uh, the new car warranty that's on it. As I said, if you're buying a car that doesn't have a warranty, normally when you're buying from a dealership like that, you will be. You can negotiate all of these things with the dealer yeah. when you're doing uh, your Which deal. is why it might cost a bit more mm. than buying, say, privately, because the dealer 
effectively has to insure the mm. car in offering a warranty he's insuring himself about it coming back with uh, major repairs yes yeah, so essentially they're standing over the car and saying yes this car is good for 12 months or good for 6 months or whatever as I said it'll depend how much you're spending as to what the warranty is but definitely this reassurance and apart from that anyway Pat as I said you are covered by consumer law for all of those things if you have bought from a dealership mm. and that is really why you go to one of those now the NCT cert has also if it's over 4 years you've got to have one of those um, from the dealer as well. Yeah, and if it was imported, you want to get the vehicle registration tax cert as well to, to show that all of the money has been paid and all of that. So if you do that, um, yes, yeah, so they're the kind of things you will get and you'll expect to get mm. from a dealer. Now, what about online uh, selling? I mean, not everyone is a, a main street or a, a high street uh, showroom kind of dealer. Yeah, if you buy online, again, you do have rights. And what's interesting is there was a change in the European consumer law recently enough and you now are entitled to a 14-day cooling off period from the date you get the car so you can cancel the deal if you wish. And I'm not sure if everybody is aware of that. And as I said, it's relatively new, but that is a reassurance as well. And again, you're covered by consumer law. So that's um, that's worth remembering. Yeah, it's important anyway in any of those transactions uh, to get something in writing oh, so you can get, yeah, everything, bring, yeah. bring it back if there's a problem. Now, buying from a private seller. Yes, again, getting things in writing is very important here. Okay, buying from a private seller is very much buyer beware. Basically, the law is very much on the side of the seller. So there's no onus on them to give you information about the car. But if you ask the correct questions, they have to give you truthful information. They cannot fob you off, right? Yeah. So it's important. But I mean, you're you not recording this on your phone, or are you? The well, conversation with the the the, the private buyer. Well, th- what you need to do is there's certain things you need to ask, right? However, you record the information is up to you. But you need to ask: Has the car been crashed? Has there any body work been done to it? Has there any major mechanical work been done? And um, is the mileage correct on it? Has there been how many previous owners? Is there outstanding finance? When was the last service? And if it was imported, were all of the fees paid? Now. It's important, as I said, they won't offer that information, but they have to give it to you truthfully yeah. if you ask. Is there a way of finding out whether or not there's a higher purchase agreement outstanding on the car? Yeah, always. And I would say regardless of where you're buying, always do a history check. It's really, really important. And what a history check will do is it'll check all the various different numbers, the NCT, the VIN number, the chassis number, that they all match up. It'll check if there's outstanding finance on it. If It'll, ch- it'll check if it's been a write-off. Now, remember, Pat, there are categories of write-offs. Yeah. So A and B can never be returned to the road, but C and D can can be repaired. Yeah, I mean, often it's just too expensive to use proprietary new parts mm. to repair an old banger that's had a bit of a prang. And what happens often the time they go to the breaker's yard and they pick up a door because the door is dented, mm. spray it up and that's fine. Because only, the only problem was the door was dented. Yeah, provided you know, number one, that you're buying a write-off and number two, you can verify that it has been repaired correctly. Now, I have heard of cases where people have been fobbed off with Category D write-offs. You know, it may not be a serious issue, but it, unless it's repaired properly, you still, mm. you know, you're not getting your value for money. So you need to do that. Um, also, in terms of just inspecting the car, Ideally, if you don't know anything about a car and you're going to see one, bring somebody with you who does have some yeah. sort of mechanical mind. But view it in daylight. That's really, really important. And also try and do, um, view it in when it's dry, because if it's rain, if there's rain, it sure. can conceal a lot of um, um, things on the car. Now, buying at an auction, um, it's 
kind of you you buy what you see. Yeah, I would advise anyone if you have never been to an auction before, go to a few of them before you actually take a chance of buying. Normally you buy as you see, so you won't have a chance to test it. You can still get the reg and, you know, do a vehicle check and do all of those things on it. But you will have to pay fees and commissions. You know, there's auctions are not as straightforward. They're not like buying from a dealership. So as I said, I would go, I would familiarise myself. Would they let you start the car in in the auction It depends. Sometimes you can do, it's literally sold as seen and you'll be told that. So, um, but as I said, go along to an auction, just see how they work before you decide to embark on that. The kind of, the most common way I suppose people buy cars is private sellers and dealers. So they're the things you need to be looking at. And if again, just remember, as I said, particularly with a private um, with a private seller, that it's the responsibility of the buyer to assess the condition yeah. of the car. It really is. On How your... important would uh, say the manufacturer's service history or the um, the uh, say you go to a Toyota garage mm-hmm. and you have the whole history mm-hmm. of the Corolla mm-hmm. uh, chapter and verse and the mileage matches up with the Speedo and all the rest? Is that a comfort if you're buying privately? Very, very reassuring. But again, that would depend, Pat, on what sort of money you're spending. If you're buying a premium second-hand car and it's only a couple of years old, you would expect all of those things. As you get further down the food chain and you get to the 10-year-old yeah. car, the chances of having those things are probably slim to none. And the service history, remember, from your point of view as well, when you go to sell the car, will always add value. So service history is always worth paying for. And by the same token, it's always worth looking after your own car, keeping all your receipts and having a full picture of what has been done to the car. Now, you can do a certain amount of inspection yourself. Now, you mentioned don't, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, don't inspect the car in the dark. And if it's been rained upon or Mm -hmm. it's covered in dirt or whatever, you know, beware of what uh, might be concealed by all of that. But um, simple things like check the tyres. And it's not just for the fact that you might need tyres in a year's time. It's the fact if you've uneven wear, it might tell you something. It could tell you something about the suspension. So they're the kind of things you want to look at. Also, just look at the door panels, make sure they line up, make sure there's no mix match in paint because that could suggest that it's been repaired and maybe repaired badly. Also, a big thing is look at that the wear and tear inside the car matches the mileage. So if there's low mileage, but there's a lot of wear and tear, that might send alarm bells. So the two should tally high mileage, should be high wear and tear. And where you're looking for wear and tear is on the pedals, the steering wheel, the gear sticks, all of those things. And the other thing is always test drive the car. And when you do, turn off the radio and listen. You know, make sure there's no weird noises in the car. Make sure everything runs smoothly. This is your opportunity to try it out. But the other thing as well, if it's a private seller, make sure that you're insured to do that. Your own insurance might cover you to test drive other cars. But just if if you're not sure, ring your insurance company and tell them. And um, even put the thing through all the gears. In other words, you know, from first up to fifth or whatever it might be and reverse. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's the other thing as well. It mightn't be as easy to park as you think. These are the things you want to know. Um, Yeah, check all the electronics. Make sure everything's working because you don't want to get a car home and discover that you need to spend money on it. Switch on the air conditioning. Make sure it is actually cooling. Yes, do all of those things, Pat. That's the point. And, And include it with a dealership as well. When you go to test drive a car, test drive, it's really, really important. Also, if you've kids, car seats, you know, little young children who need car seats bring them with you make sure they fit if you you know regularly play golf or you have a double buggy for your children or something check that it fits in the boot so these this the test drive is really important to just you know see does it fit with your lifestyle finally Ger another story about the Guardian reporting uh, quite a large number of car thefts mm. Again, we would expect this is the same as what's happening in the UK. When new car, when used car prices go up, used car parts go up and theft tends to go up as well. The best thing you can do is just be very careful with your car. A lot of car theft is just opportunism. People passing the 
cars left open. But the other thing as well, and I say this as somebody who had a car stolen, um, if somebody is going to break into your house for the keys, leave them in a place they can find. You do not want to wake up with somebody standing over mm. your bed at night for a set of keys. So while I'm not suggesting you advertise the keys, I, I would be leaving them on a table or something that if somebody really, really wants them, they'll get them and they won't come near you. There. But what about, you know, being able to pick up the transmission of a smart key and mm. uh, with some digital device able to apply that to the car and drive You can away. do that and there has been a spate of keyless cars being stolen. You can buy what's known as a Faraday pouch and the likes of Halfords and you can stick the key into it so it blocks the signal. So there are ways around that and the way to test that is actually walk over to your car and if your car doesn't open it hasn't recognised the key you know then actually you've blocked your the signal. Your Faraday pouch is working. Yes. Very good. Ger Herbert Motoring Editor with the Sunday Independent uh, thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.